Kevin, would you do the Pledge of Allegiance when we get there? Okay. Thanks. I'd like to welcome everyone to the meeting of the Recreation, News, and Park Commission for October 16th, and we're starting at 7 p.m. And we'll start with the roll call. Here. Barrett? Here. Foley? Potts? Here. Levendahl? Here. McDonald? Here. And Shore? Here. All right. We will rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. <coughs> Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice, justice for, all. for all. Okay, the new item four is agenda changes and deletions. And um, if there's no objections, what we'd I'd like to suggest is moving item nine A, new business, to follow six A because both are by um, mentor me. Any objections to that? Okay, then we'll do that. Um, now we're open for public comment. We have a couple of cards, and I think Chantel, Chantel Rogers. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me this evening. Uh, my name is Chantel Rogers. This is my husband, Tim. We live at 823 G Street, which is right across from the park. I'm not really used to these. Can you hear me okay? Could you pull it down just a oh. little bit closer? Thank you. All right, great. Oh, okay. Is this better? All right. If you'll forgive me, I'll just read from my prepared notes so I can be sure that I cover everything. We have lived, along with our two children, across the street from McNear Park for 20 years. This is a great neighborhood, and we love it. McNear Elementary is just down the block, and the Community Garden and Kavanaugh Center are a stone's throw away. We've seen every kind of activity at McNear Park. Just about every sport is played there. Baseball, soccer, lacrosse, even rugby. We've had Easter egg hunts, movies in the park, and various dog events, as well as the daily gathering of off-leash dogs and their owners. We've never before had a problem with any of them. Sure, they can be loud and parking can be scarce, but that's what we signed up for when we bought a house across the street from a vibrant community park. There are three baseball diamonds in the portion of the park across the street from our house. One is a full-size baseball diamond, the second is a smaller safe softball diamond, and the third is a really small grass corner with a small backstop. For most of our 20 years here, the large diamond was St. Vincent's Varsity Field. The softball field was, and still is, Petaluma High School's girls' softball field. The smallest diamond was used by the Boys and Girls Club T-Ball League, which either no longer exists or they've been playing somewhere else for the last few years. We've never had any issues with any of these groups. A couple years ago, St. Vincent's built their own baseball diamond and left the park. Petaluma High School started using the big diamond for their junior varsity team. Initially, we had some issues with them. First off, they would drag the dirt infield with a car or truck without watering beforehand, and this sends up a cloud of dust that can travel across the field and onto the properties on the other side of G Street. 
The second thing they were doing was having batting practice in the corner with a low backstop. This is really dangerous as the errant balls land all over the place outside the park and could easily hit someone walking on the sidewalk or in the garden or pool. Both dragging the infield without watering and batting in this corner of the park are also not allowed according to the rules for groups using the park. We spoke with the coaches but didn't have regular compliance, so we called Don Phoenix. Don called the school district and told them that they needed to follow the rules. They started watering before dragging and using hollow balls for batting practice so that no one would get hurt. This is how it's supposed to work. A new group comes in, and if the neighbors have concerns, they call up their parks and rec representative, and he clarifies the expectations to the groups using the field. They comply, and everyone is happy. Around the same time, we started seeing baseball teams from the traveling clubs and from Little League. More recently, we've also had fall ball teams using the park. This has become a park with diamonds used pretty much year-round for some type of baseball. Many of these users, especially among the travel club community, don't water the field before dragging it, which they do not only before games, but also before every practice. The dirt from the clouds this creates covers our cars and porches. We can actually taste dirt in the air when we're in our backyard. This practice has also destroyed the field. Instead of dragging that allows the dirt to be gently turned and to resettle back on the infield, this aggressive dry dragging sends the infield dirt flying all over the neighborhood and it lands everywhere except the diamond. You should take a look at this diamond. It's concave because all of the dirt has been blown away during dragging. We've spoken to them repeatedly about it. Initially, they had all kinds of excuses. We didn't know, there's no water, no one told me, I don't have time. We called Don repeatedly and he assured us that he had spoken to the team's leadership and that they had been informed of the guidelines for using the park. We spoke with the park's groundskeeper who told us that all the teams had been shown how to clear the line if dirt clogged up the water spout. We also started having occasional problems with teams doing the same thing on the softball diamond. The Petaluma High School girls softball team always drags their infield by hand and we've never, never had an issue with them. It has become apparent that the teams who continue to drag the infields without watering simply don't care that that is what they are required to do. Where they used to apologize and say they would do it the next time, they now reply rudely and tell us to get out of their way. I've asked Tim not to talk with them anymore because I honestly think they may just run him down. They know that there are currently no repercussions for not following the rules. Please remember that we never had an issue with the baseball diamonds before the travel and Little League community started using them. Tim and I have tried to remember how often since St. Vincent's dragged, if they used a car, if they watered, but we can't remember because it was a non-issue. Whatever they were doing, it wasn't sending clouds of dirt across the neighborhood. We also want you to know that we're not the only ones unhappy with the situation. Our neighbors thank us continuously for addressing this problem, but we are tired of being the baseball police. We shouldn't have to go out every week to tell some team about what they need to do in order to use the fields, only to suffer verbal abuse from men with no commitment to this park and no respect for the neighborhood they play in. We have come here today because we need to see a change. Using the diamonds at McNear Park is a privilege, and if teams cannot adhere to the rules, that privilege should be revoked. I have a couple of suggestions on what might help. First off, you could stop allowing dragging behind cars. The biggest problem is that these cars whip around at high speed and the faster you go, the bigger the dust cloud. Tim has a friend who coaches majors, a majors team in Santa Rosa and all the teams up there drag by hand. If the softball girls can do it, then surely teenage boys can handle it. This would also adhere to the field use policies, which state that, quote, no vehicles in parks or fields except emergency vehicles, unquote. 
I would like to see an addendum created specifically for users of McNear Park where the policies are spelled out as well as the consequences for not following the policies, which should include revocation of rights to use the field. Organizations wanting to use the park would need to sign this as well as the field use application. Thank you for your time tonight. I've left my contact information and look forward to working with you on a resolution to this issue. Thank you very much. Could, could we ask that, you, could you leave that with us so that we can Absolutely. get a copy of that and follow up on those concerns and also communicate back to you? Thank you. Our, our next item will be a presentation um, by Mentor Me and Deborah Dalton. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, we're pleased to have uh, the Executive Director of Mentor Me with us tonight, Deborah Dalton. And the uh, purpose of, of this item is to allow her a sufficient amount of time to really give you a good sense of the Mentor Me program, uh, the future of Mentor Me, um, and, and everything really about Mentor Me. So, without uh, clogging this up anymore, we'll turn it over to Deb to, to make this presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be here. For those of you who don't uh, have complete familiarity with Mentor Me Petaluma, there's some familiar face in th is faces in the room. Uh, we've been around for 13 years. Uh, you have our first annual report. When I became executive director in August last year, I warned them that I operate on a better late than never policy. So if there were things that we had promised to do nine years ago, uh, we were going to do that with grace and hopefully style. So um, I'm hoping to, that I'm not surprising uh, our board of directors too much um, with these things that are coming to them every month. So Mentor Me 13 years ago started at McNear School, our flagship school. Many of you know Val Richmond, uh, my esteemed predecessor and mentor. She and I uh, have worked together for seven years. I've been a mentor for seven years. I didn't know whether one of my proudest moments was going to be seeing this report come off the presses because for the first time our staff, we looked at each other and we've all worked together in almost every position in the organization for the last five to seven years and we realized we're really doing this. It's in print. Our pictures are in there and we're working this program every single day still with or without pay most of us again for almost seven years. Um, or to see my now 17-year-old uh, mentee, who I was matched with when she was 10. Her mother's a methamphetamine drug user, and her father, albeit a lovely and hardworking man, is hardly ever home. She's now working with a college admissions coach, pro bono, mentor me, Petaluma coach, um, and making decisions like Lewis and Clark or Willamette, Deb. That's pretty huge. So we have 250 active mentorships going in the community right now. We have over 80 kids on our wait list. We've got 300 kids in our care. Half of our mentorships are in the junior high and high school right now, and something really interesting is happening. These mentorships have been together for a long time. So maybe much to some of these kids' dismay, we are, as my mentee would say, all up in their business. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> And some of those poor kids are now linked to our parent portals. Imagine that, my poor kids, that my own children and my mentees, I can have a blow by blow of whether or not they've turned in their math homework. So the staff and I have 
kind of jumped in with two feet, realizing that these kids are now members of our families. And it's not five or 10 of them. It's like 150 Petaluma at-risk youth who are tied to families like mine. And yep, sorry teachers, you're getting emails from us. We're coming to IEPs. We are sitting in on conferences. We are taking them to enrichment programs. We are getting involved at a deeper level. We are being advocates and we are being investigators like we've never done before. You know, it used to be that we'd make matches, and our priority was to make a really good match with a solid adult in the community who would be willing to spend an hour a week, that's all it takes for those of you interested in mentoring, an hour a week to help a child feel better about their life in general. And sometimes that was about playing Monopoly and hoping that you'd get some stories along the way that you might be able to help with. And we are still doing that. But we're seeing doors open and opportunities come about that are allowing us to make a much larger impact and a deeper impact. We started the 100 Active Kids Project this year. Um, with that project, we decided that it's one thing to sit and tell a kid, well, the fork on the outside is the one that you use first, and you put your napkin on your lap when you sit in a restaurant. But it's an entirely different experience if you're in introducing that child to Marco at Reese BC and he's learning how to stand up and shake hands with Marco and he learns that when I get up to go to the bathroom they stand up too and they're learning how to do all of that in real time. So the 100 Active Kids uh, project started with a grant that allowed us to buy gift certificates and make partnerships with businesses in town and organizations. So if you're a mentor you can go onto our website under opportunities for mentees and you can see a whole list. You can do golf lessons with Dave at Rooster Run. You can do uh, martial arts lessons. You can even go to the nail salon. It's about activities that you might not get to do otherwise, but it's also about opportunities to teach socialization and skills that you wouldn't, you, you can't imagine that they don't know. You're opening the door for somebody, looking up, standing with your shoulders back, all of those things can happen in such a more organic way if you're walking around town doing what we consider regular things um, for these kids. We want to do more of that. We have 15 or 20 businesses and organizations involved right now. I'd love that to be 30 to 40. So we, we also are doing career exploration. I mentioned the college admissions coach. So this is not just uh, college, this is also vocational schools. But starting in junior high, right now we have 15, uh, soon to be 17 mentorships starting career exploration. What I would love to see, you know, right now uh, we're at 14 Keller Street, our beautiful new office we moved into in December. We're um, bursting at the seams because my poor office mates, I'm so sorry to announce, here come our kids again. Career exploration, making hats for the Mad Hatter Ball, you know, doing community service projects. We're everywhere. So the kids are doing community exploration right now. So we're job shadowing with people in the community. We're interviewing. We're getting out there, practicing things. Uh, what we'd like to do is have a, a career center and a computer lab and a library for that and have these admissions coaches and vocational schools come in and tell our kids how the heck you do this and how you apply for scholarships right there with us. So community service, that's another thing we've, we've uh, jumped right into. It's one thing, you know, I love to hear people say, oh, these kids, you know, these families, they're entitled, you know, they get these services. 
Really? Well, I love when I can say, that's funny, I'm not seeing it. You know, 75% of our families are economically disadvantaged families. I'm not seeing a whole heck of a lot of entitlement. But let's just say it's there and I'm not noticing. I love the idea of reciprocity. I don't know anyone who doesn't love the idea of reciprocity, but our kids are learning that they're receiving a service and together they're going to give a service. So we were able to participate in Stamp Out Hunger. Our mentorships, four or five thousand pounds of food, our mentees decorated bags grocery bags and went shopping with their mentees and delivered the Stamp Out Hunger food banks to the Salvation Army. Uh, our mentees now can volunteer at the Petaluma Animal Services, the animal shelter. They can do their homework while they're socializing cats and puppies. I don't know who wouldn't want to do that. Uh, they, we made over a hundred Valentine's Day for Elise at PPSC in her, her senior Meals on Wheels program this year. So we are are proud, we're bursting at the seams. We, have, we haven't even begun to, to do the ideas that we want to do. Our main priority is recruitment, of course. We need mentors more than ever. Uh, we're able to offer more training and services to our mentors. We have a pilot project that we also started at San Antonio about six weeks ago. San Antonio High School, as most of you know, is an alternative education school. When I proposed coming in and bringing Mentor Me Petaluma there, the office staff admittedly said that they thought we would be laughed out of the school. Um, I admit, I felt like middle-aged Barbie talking to those kids. It was uh, a tough crowd, it was a tough audience. Um, I got better as each class went on. I saw some things resonating with some of the kids. And I said, this is normally we have school staff and counselors nominate the kids. We tell the kids, we think that you would love this program. There's popcorn and games. Who says no to this? Nobody. Great. We put you on the wait list. We invite the parents. The parents give permission. At San Antonio, the idea of getting parent permission is almost laughable. These kids are 16, 17, and 18. Many of them are very angry. Many of them, it is the last-ditch effort at education. So we made a very edgy flyer and said, if you're interested, if you get a mentor, we're going to throw a bunch of workshops at you. Yep, educational opportunities. But here's the good news. Your mentor's going to take you, and you can go to Starbucks on the way. And if you fill out the form that your school counselor gives you, you can get credits toward your high school graduation. So the pilot project at San Antonio is really on the eye. The eye is on the prize of graduation. And what we know, because of the years and years of youth mentoring and the research that supports it, is that those kids, if they choose it and they buy in, they will finish. And those relationships will be lifelong relationships. I am not worried if they're together three months and the kid graduates. I am not worried. Those relationships last a lifetime. So um, Rusty Sims is so awesome. Now he's just laughing at us and shaking his head because it's working. And we, of course, you know, we're only half convinced it would. And now we are full throttle at San Antonio with five mentorships in the first six weeks of program. So we're very proud of what's going on, and uh, I would love to give any of you a tour of our mentor centers. Uh, at any time, our main office um, meet with you to talk about mentoring, and I'm happy to take any questions. Um, I just have a question. Yes, sir. Did is this? Did you start the Mentor Me program 
um, from an idea from another program or is most of this yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so of course the uh, mother of all mentoring programs the model is big brothers big sisters so when Val and some of her friends got together at, at McNair school years ago they had that in mind there were kids they felt were getting counseling services and things but a lot of them were slipping through the cracks and maybe that was just because you know their grades were fine so they weren't popping for this same reasons. So they started with the concept of big brothers and big sisters. Uh, Stand by me, the Sonoma Mentoring Alliance, uh, they uh, were doing something similar and so Val became friends with um, Kathy Witkowicki and uh, and and she really mentored her and started to build the program similar to what they have. I just spent um, five hours with Kathy uh, last week to say are we doing this? What is this? What, are you guys still doing it? What am I missing? Please look at all of what we're doing. I attended their training. I toured. I looked through all of their documents, and I walked away very proud. I walked away with some really good new ideas, but I walked away feeling like, okay, we're we're fine, <laughs> doing well. So, thank you. Other commissioners. Um, I, I see that there's a discussion of a partnership, something you didn't get into, but I, is that something? There is. Well, I take direction very well, and Scott <laughs> yeah. let me know if he would cue on. music okay. when item. we were going to oh, do I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was not. I do, I do want to commend you for, uh, you know, Val and, and the gang for, for what they've done. It's, uh, I never realized how many people I know were involved until you, like, read their literature and say, Oh, they're helping too, and so it's kind of a there's there's a little call to action going on, and that's not a bad thing. Thank you. Other commissioners, thank you very much. We'll move on to the next item. Okay. <laughs> We've provided a, a staff report in your in your packet, um, <clears throat> and I just want to provide a few comments before we, we get into that conversation and, and that discussion. Uh, we're proposing a concept, and it's a concept around uh, a, a use of a facility or a shared use of a facility or a partnership around a facility use. And before we move too much further on it, we wanted to get a check-in uh, with the commission. And essentially, we're looking for a couple of things from the commissioners tonight. Uh, one is we're seeking your your expressions of concern or your expressions of support. Um, uh, and secondly, we really want to hear about uh, items that, if we were to proceed, would be critical to an agreement. Um, and, and I've laid out what some of those might be. For example, uh, if, if we entered into a partnership, uh, would it be important to separate the pool from, from that partnership? Um, <clears throat> would it be important to maintain existing uses at the facility as part of any partnership around building use. What controls, if any, should the city maintain around rental fees and use fees? Um, how should requests for building improvements be processed? And at what level should the commission engage in review of those sorts of um, proposals? Uh, should the agreement be a st uh, structured such that it's a service agreement whereby Mentor Me perhaps is managing the Kavanaugh Center on behalf of the city as the city would manage it and putting their uses in? Or is it clearly just a, a, a building lease where they move in and they conduct operations? And there's probably some hybrid model in between, in between that. So th that's the sort of feedback 
we're looking for tonight. Uh, and clearly an indication whether this is worth pursuing and moving forward on, and doing more work on. Um, and, and, and if that were the case, we would go to work to structure conditions and agreements and those sorts of things. And clearly the commission would get another bite at this apple and, and a, uh, an opportunity to recommend a council approval of such an arrangement. Before you engage in those sorts of conversations, I thought it might be important to have Don Phoenix discuss for just a moment some of the existing uses, some of the history of the building, uh, to give you a better sense for what's happening there. And then I've asked uh, Deb Dalton as well to be able to be available to discuss sort of the future of MentorMe and the potential um, uh, that a building might bring in, in her community view for what that building might be. So with that, I've, I've asked Don to be prepare, uh, prepared to discuss existing uses and some of the history, and then we'll call on, on, uh, on, on Deb again. Mr. Commissioners, or Mr. and Mrs. Commissioners, uh, a lot of what I'm going to say is probably a, a repeat of what Scott's used, said in his uh, staff report, but some 15 years ago, the city purchased from the Boys and Girls Club what is now the Kavanaugh Rec Center. Uh, it's become an integral part of our programming for the department. We have um, uh, open gyms, both basketball and volleyball for adults. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club was in the uh, uh, after school business up until two years ago. That was a big uh, uh, part of the programming over there. They moved out and they moved all their, they consolidated their program to the uh, uh, Boys and Girls Club on Maria. Um, we also have a city day, uh, kids club in the summer. Uh, the older kids have a K2 camp there and it's an integral part of our program. We also have uh, uh, besides the open gyms, the gym is used for uh, volleyball and basketball uh, camps, which are, are really are successful. During the week, we have uh, adult fitness as well as adult ping pong. Uh, fitness is twice a week in the mornings, and the ping pong is uh, midday three times a week. Uh, my office was over at Kavanaugh up until uh, July of this year, which, and I've moved over to the uh, community center. Um, we we rent the building on occasion. We have a right now. We have a the uh, Petaluma Panthers uh, Pop Warner program has a uh, is using one of the uh, larger room uh, for their uh, uh, cheerleader uh, training. And but other than that, the uh, open gyms pretty much take up most of the time over there now since the Boys and Girls Club has left. Um, if you have questions about our current program or past past programming, I'd be happy to ask answer those. The um, right now, what are the hours of use? It's um, for basketball and volleyball. Yeah, primarily seven seven to ten p.m. Uh, uh, weeknights. Saturday morning we have basketball up until nine a.m. and then volleyball from ten to one on Sunday mornings. Also, something I neglected to mention was we have basketball. The it's a, it's an integral part of the uh, Boys and Girls Club basketball program. They have teams there two seasons in the fall and, and uh, or I should say the late fall and then the early uh, early spring. They have their basketball program over there as well. And they also are at, obviously at the Boys and Girls Club on Maria. Um, I, I'm just curious. Uh, you, you just listed a whole lot of events that take place there. And I, yet it says in our staff report that um, the 
city only gets about ten thousand dollars a year in revenue directly related to facility use right so all those activities happen and and the the total rent is ten thousand dollars right the boys and girls club per our agreement does not pay for the use of the building and cyo basketball does but they have a very limited uh schedule over there and the rest of the the fees are collected from the open gym basketball and, and volleyball and what about things like the cheerleading practice and the adult um you know workout and yeah the, the fitness and the ping pong are, are run through the senior center Do, and those are free or i'm i'm actually we don't collect a rent from that from okay. from ourselves okay okay it says from ourselves okay and kids club and open gym are the same thing same thing yes okay with and the exception of open gym would be open to the community and they do they do contribute as they use an open gym okay right there's a three dollar fee for the volleyball and the basketball for the adults and then the building is made up and and i i was i had mentioned to mr phoenix before the meeting the uh, um one step we probably missed in in framing this was we should have included this on our tour i think we've we've done the pool in the past we should have got in the building and then we would have had a better picture of it's made up of more than just the gym there are all sorts of other rooms uh, and spaces that that essentially aren't used with the exception of of a few of the of the uses that Don mentioned including an office wing that is now vacant that ha also has a conference room with it Commissioner Leventhal um, that's what I'm trying to understand because um, I, I was there um, actually there last night for the seven-year-old basketball so I know that's used but what is it where exactly is the conflict I assume MentorMe is not using the basketball gym. So is it the other buildings on the? MentorMe is not in the building. Oh, what we're proposing. If they were to, t to get in, they, they would right. displace it, all this or just the offices? I'm or? suggesting that uh -huh. a condition on, on such a partnership might be that we preserve all existing uses. Oh, now, I've had enough conversations with the executive director of MentorMe to know that's critical to their program. They would love to do just that, <laughs> that they view this as a community hub, not as, a, not as just a MentorMe program. So I, I, which is why we continue to sort of move forward because it seems like a, uh, it, it just seems like a good so match. There may not fit. be a, a conflict. There may not oh, be okay. any conflict whatsoever. It, in fact, they may be sort of hand in glove type of things. Um, yes, uh, Commissioner oh. Alden. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, perhaps I missed it, but did you talk at all about pool use? What hours of use or what the what kind of activities are? Right, the pool is separate. It's separate. It's run by the uh, contractor who runs the city pool on East Washington as well. But if I understood something Mr. Broden said, there was a possibility of folding the pool into a mentor me contract. Yeah, and, and let me clarify. And that's where we be, sort of began discussions around, well, you know, how would we deal with the pool? It's a pretty important recreation program from my point of view. And as we had conversations, the, the folks from MentorMe suggested that, you know, we're probably not set up to be in the pool business. I really cited it more as an example of, a, of, of what we would want to consider and make clear. But I, I wouldn't see us um, getting out of the pool business. It's really an important little um, west side gym in terms of an aquatic program okay thanks for the clarification. A, a community gym really it's just located on the west side okay thank you Barrett yeah. Kevin uh, I, I think uh, I think that uh, Kavanaugh is kind of an underused and slightly dilapidated uh, facility so I'd encourage any increased utilization of it um, and 
and and I, I'm interested to hear what mentor would have as a, a need. You know, what one of the rooms, all the rooms, in in that when that comes up. But uh, um, I, I I do think that it's a good idea to uh, try and encourage more there and, and uh, bring that facility to the west side's attention more. And not the gym end of it. I'm sure the gym and pool end of it are sort of sellout completed, but the rest of it needs help. Yes. I think this is really an interesting discussion because um, oftentimes things come to committees and commissions when they're sort of already pretty much in concrete. And so then you're just tinkering around the edges. And I really appreciate that you're bringing this to us at a really early conceptual level because, um, you know, I, I think I think we're all kind of saying, gee, you know, well, how's this look? And the question is we don't know how it would look yet. but the. What you're asking us is, do we think that this is genetic, generically a good fit? And and it really does sound like it is a good fit. And um, and I I would recommend that that staff and and the mentor me uh, board get together and talk about you know what their needs are, what their you know similarities are, where they would uh, like to take responsibility, things they would like to stay away from and things that we need done as a city and and I think that you know that's the kind of thing that you're going to have to look at Kevin calls the building dilapidated and you know I think that building's in great shape considering how um, you know I mean we, we've really worked hard just to keep it presentable and and it gets a lot of use and and in but in many ways it's underused I mean so so there's a lot of um, groups that do use it but there are a lot of hours available that it could be used in different ways and and so I would uh, hope that we you know that we could give direction uh, to staff and and the board to to talk about what the city's needs are and the community's needs and then what mentor me's needs are and see where those can meet and how we can all work together on that because the building is going to be needing upkeep and repair and and they have to know that and and we have to ha make sure that that gets done and that we don't end up with some big um, expense on our shoulders because we didn't foresee something or mentor me for that point you know i mean so so uh, this sounds like a really exciting idea i'd like to add that we, we had a great relationship with the boys and girls club and the the building is is kind of lonely now that uh, they've moved out, and uh, as you mentioned, the building needs need needs some occupants and needs some activity. And I think, and personally, I think the mentor me program fits fits very nicely. And there's plenty there's lots of separate rooms for their activities, which is nice. It's just not one big space, uh, you know, aside from the gym, and they are separated. Mr. Alden. Thank you. Uh, I certainly agree with um, Commissioner McDonald and Commissioner Barrett. Uh, probably the word I would use to describe the building is careworn. Just walked through it a while ago, and it, it just—it's been used hard, and it shows it. Uh, among from the questions that Mr. Broden asked earlier, I would say in terms of preserving existing uses, absolutely to the extent possible. And then when he threw out two alternatives for type of agreement, the service agreement sort of felt felt more right to me. But again, it's it's a matter of what you can negotiate with Mentorme. In 
Any other comments by commissioners? Mr. Chair, I've asked, um, as I mentioned, Deb Dalton to be here to talk about um, sort of conceptually what what's possible. Uh, and again, as we continue to to sort of move forward on this, it's I think important to begin thinking about what is possible. My husband of 16 years will attest that that was the longest period of time that I ever stayed quiet during something I was really excited about. It was very hard. <laughs> I know I was I was trying not to wiggle. So um, so, and nobody should ever start with telling you you know what's irritating. Okay, but here's what's irritating for me. Um, what irritates me is that when our partner schools close in the summer, we can't make any new matches. So talk about wiggling and jumping up and down and stewing June, July, and August. I can't make any new matches. And the wait lists is sitting there. And I can recruit, but I have to tell volunteers who are hot to match with their kids, OK, but you know, school's not in yet. Uh, our program, we have to supervise those new mentorships for about three to four months before we can turn them loose in the world. And so we have to have them on a designated space. So if we were in a building of our own and we had space, I can match all year round. Um, the other thing is that there's an inordinate number of our kids who live uh, around you know, the low-income housing around 7th Street in particular, a lot of our mentees. And they see and hear these groups, the CYO basketball, even the Boys and Girls Club and the swimming lessons. And our kids don't take swim lessons and our kids don't play CYO basketball. It's not that they couldn't, it's just that they are right here with us and they're marginalized, of course. There's, there's, it's just not happening. So what I'm envisioning for the Kavanaugh building uh, is putting our headquarters there so we're there. You know, the staff and I, we're not only all moms, but we are all mentors ourselves for at least one, and some of us, three mentees. The kids inspire us. Those of us who are in the main office and who don't get to be on our school campuses working with the kids, you get a little detached, you know. So we want the kids near us and we want to see them every day. So what we're envisioning is our kids being able to come. And the unique thing about our kids is they all come with their very own adult, uh, which is excellent for supervision, you know. They come into the building and they see the CYO basketball there. And we and mentors can say, hey, there's scholarships for CYO basketball. Should we get involved? We see the pool there. Hey, 100 Active Kids Projects. We just bought six packs of swim lessons. Let us know if you and your mentee want to come over to the Kavanaugh and take swim lessons. We now become uh, actual customers of the people who are using the building with us. And as I uh, said to Scar early on, take me about five minutes to recruit all those bingo players to be mentors. Maybe seven for the, uh, for the ping pong guys, I don't know. They may be a tougher sell. Uh, so, so that's part of what I'm seeing. There's also a really uh, unique opportunity um, as a nonprofit coming into that building. Um, I first started to talk about, you know, we, we moved into 14 Keller Street. You know, we were trying to, to you know, we're writing more sophisticated grants. We're, we're, we're doing our fund development plan in a more grown up and sophisticated way. Um, I'm wearing my big girl suit today. So uh, 
what we wanted to do is move into a building that felt like we are an administrative staff ladies come on now so I don't I don't we moved from Maria Drive which was very shabby so what I didn't want to do is in the name of progress move into the poor Kavanaugh building that's pretty shabby right now um, and we started talking to people about how we might um, make those improvements if we could come up with some agreement with the city how that would look and we have lots of friends in the uh, in the industries who can paint and who can help us do floors and furniture and we were thinking well you know the city owns the building so why would we come and do we do it for mentor me could but would we do it for the city and then everybody went well it is our city actually and it is our community clubhouse so you know as a nonprofit I can write grants I wrote sort of a toe in the water um, grant for this computer lab vision I see so one of the rooms in the Kavanaugh looks like the was the art center and one looks like it could be the future computer lab well we knocked out about 2200 other applications in the first round and so it's potential that I could get a yes on a $28,000 grant to do a pretty high-tech computer lab career center and library in one of the rooms of the Kavanaugh building what it told me was um, go if you build it they will come right <laughs> So there's a lot of potential there to, to make this building into something that's beautiful and usable and vibrant to restore it. Um, in terms of the community, um, I live and breathe and work in the community. The programs are not going to negatively affect us. They're going to positively impact us because we are just going to join in as we say. Now, of course, there's going to be kinks to that and a learning curve, um, but I envision something like, well, if the folks who live in the neighborhood, you know, you and your son want to come play basketball, you drop three bucks in the Mentor Me Petaluma jar, sign in, say hello to us, and, and have a good time. Uh, I, you know, those things we can invent as we go along. Um, and we are, again, in the, this is a beginning brainchild. Uh, and so we're open to helping mold and shape that. Thank you very much. Um, I think that we're all in agreement that you have a very good organization. And I think this sounds like a win-win a for everyone. Well, I did. I've received the feedback that I think um, that I've needed both verbally, and I've noticed a lot of positive head nodding. So we'll continue to to, to brainstorm and to work on this. I think probably likely at our next meeting we may ask you to meet 30 minutes early, and maybe we meet over there. We get a good walk through, and we'll just continue to to do checkbacks and and. But I think we also want to get this on a track that that gets it done as well. So. Uh, but, but we'll continually be engaged with uh, Mentor Me and with the Commission, and and um, I, it's a it's a really exciting proposition, and um, another in in our um, uh, in our goal to create partnerships that are um, value added to the community. So th thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everybody. It looks like there may be someone who'd like to provide public comment on the item, so. Uh, you could open, I see a hand raised. We would just ask him to submit one of those forms maybe when he's done speaking. Okay. I heard that. 
Okay, so I just had a question. Would this building... Could you give your name? Oh, I'm JJ Rogers. I'm Thank a you. student at CASA. Uh, would this building be open to the public for use after she would be done remodeling it? Allow me to respond as best I can. Okay, we're in the really early stages of even considering a relationship or partnership like this. And one of the things we've talked about tonight is how important would it be to preserve community uses. And I think we're hearing that that would be an important component. So I think the the answer is there there aren't renovation plans that are drawn up and ready to go. We don't envision an immediate closure of the building, but if this partnership comes to fruition, I think what you could see is more opportunities to get into the building and to use the building. Does that help? Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to know. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking. <laughs> okay, moving on is um, approval of the minutes. From September 18th. Any comments, uh, changes, no. or someone? No, I'll move the mo I'll move the minutes. Thank you. Motion to approve. We we have a second. All in favor? It is approved. Thank you. Old business. Report on the center park tree removal. Thank you, Donnie. Uh, good evening, uh, commissioners. Uh, I wanted to just um, give you a visual of uh, the tree removal at Center Park and let you know what that project looked like and who was involved um, once this thing warms up. It went to sleep. <laughs> um, as you know, this is a, a, a project that uh, has been on, on the city's mind for quite a long time. Uh, the Tree Advisory Committee has been uh, hands-on in, in, in discussing uh, Center Park and its future. Um, what uh, we had to deal with was one of the trees was in, in, in uh, pretty bad shape in terms of uh, a lower decay in the lower portion of the tree. And um, we, uh, we had an outside arborist come in and do some testing. So do I just hit enter here? Okay. Um, we uh, we we knew pretty much that it was in decline. We actually topped it uh, part of it uh, a year ago um, because there was so much dead wood up in the very top, and we were afraid of uh, those limbs falling down and and uh, creating some problems. Uh, so we hired uh, um, an outside arborist to come in, and what you see there is it's called a um, resistograph, and it sends out a long needle through the tree. And on the side, it has a little piece of paper that, very much like the Richter scale, it'll has a little graph. And as the needle goes through the wood, um, if it hits resistance, the little marker goes up and it creates a, a, a like a cone. And if there's no resistance, then it's kind of flat line. Um, what we found was uh, pretty much 80% of the the base where he went through had almost no resistance. 
which meant it was like all just like soft decayed wood um, and nothing to support the mass of that tree. So that gave us, uh, oh we also did the, the old way, you just, you just bang on it like a drum with a mallet and you find these hollow sounds and it did sound just like a drum when we did this, this, this test. So that gave us scientific, you know, you know just more, more evidence that this was in, in pretty bad shape. Um, about a week ago we had the tree uh, taken down and I do want to first thank uh, a couple of companies. They came in and they offered to do all of the work for free to the city. Uh, Sonoma Marin Arborist did the tree removal and the cutting and um, a Precision Crane Service came in with a giant crane and assisted uh, the arborist in removing these large pieces of, of the tree. So what you see here, this is pretty standard operation. You start by removing all the limbs. And um, we had this, uh, that's Zach Wilder, he, he owns the company. He went up and did all the climbing and all the cutting. And uh, we're just gonna go, go through the little process. I just to kind of show you the, what that entailed. They would cut large sections of the tree at a time and the crane would hook onto a, a, a belt and then lower the, the pieces down one at a time, very large pieces, over 12 foot in, in some cases, uh, and then uh, eventually they ended up on a um, flatbed truck f uh, the city provided uh, for transport to the corporation yard. And um, you can see it's quite an, um, an amazing, huge, <laughs> heavy lifting. That piece there is probably about 5,000 pounds of, of tree trunk. Um, uh, so. There were several people out there kind of taking pictures. We had noticed the entire neighborhood, all of the businesses, um, everyone within 500 feet of the pro project. I hand delivered notices to all of the business myself so that they would be aware that we were closing parking in the area and uh, for the large equipment to come in. In the upper picture you can see um, uh, where the rot was in the base of that tree. It's very, very evident. There are large sections of just soft, soft, um, uh, wood that is no longer supportive of the tree itself. Um, so uh, we, we transported the several logs to the courtyard and once again Sonoma Marin Arborist, um, they had another crew at the courtyard and they had a portable mill. And so what we did uh, was they, they went through and they cut these large slabs, it's about four inches thick. Um, all the way through the plane of the of, of the trunks, and we stack these up. We have uh, quite a few pieces of, of really beautiful redwood lumber. I mean, the, the the decay was pretty much right in the base of the tree. Lucky for us, so there's just beautiful, beautiful redwood. There's a lot of heartwood there. Um, so we we milled the four four of the trunks. Um, they were there till like six six thirty in the evening. This this team, and um, I decided to keep two of the largest pieces in case in the future it's decided perhaps there's an art uh, uh, component, someone wants to do a sculpture, that's the decision on the, uh, uh, actually we'll come to this commission at some point. Um, so those are at the yard as well as all the, um, the slabs of the, of the milled lumber. Uh, of course these could be milled in the future if that's the decision. Um, we did have one uh, offer of um, more refined milling 
uh, from somebody in the community. So we'll reach out to them and see if they're still interested in that. And uh, it's just going to be a matter of, of uh, the, there's a subcommittee of the Tree Advisory Committee working on uh, issues uh, related to how this space will be utilized in the future, uh, another tree, um, an art component. Um, we're, we're definitely looking into the idea of some kind of uh, protective fence around the park to keep people from going into this root zone and doing more damage to the existing two trees, which, which are actually in very good shape at the moment. Um, they still have the lights, the hospice lights are in those two trees. Um, so that program will continue and it's the first Friday of December. Uh, so we just, we're at that point now where the subcommittee will need to meet again and determine uh, what to do with this. We have a lot of input from the community. We've had workshops, uh, uh, surveys out, and many, many people have, have voiced their opinion about the site. The, I would say the, the strongest uh, result of the surveys and talking to everybody is that the trees were all important. This is, a, 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 this is like a center for the communities where people meet um, they have this, it just draws people to this area. Um, so it's highly likely, I'm not saying this will happen, but I, it's highly likely that another tree would be planted in that place, along with maybe some other ideas that have been put forward in terms of art. Um, there is uh, um, funding from downtown uh, uh, Rotary Club uh, to the tune of $30,000. They've adopted the park. Uh, to fund whatever we may decide to do. Um, the next step for the park itself, uh, the arborists you saw using the um, resistograph, they're going to come in um, in the very near future before the, um, the hospice lighting program and they're going to come through the whole root section and use an air jack and create these radial trenches and then install um, really healthful compost and other nutrients and then we'll put a, a drip system over the entire root zone as well and then top that off with actual redwood compost and we'll be temporarily um, adding boards to the edges of the park to hold the mulch in place. Right now it's like 2 by 12s there. We, it's going to be much deeper so we need to place some, some boards in there until it's finally decided what will happen there in, the, in that zone. So. That's pretty much where we're at today, and um, I, you'll be uh, choosing amongst yourselves somebody to be on that subcommittee that would work with um, myself and the chair of the tree advisor committee and the chair of the art committee. So that's pretty much it. Any questions? Did you know um, how old that tree was? Did you say it's 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 thought to be 80 to 85 years old? Um, you, if you'd like to go to the corporation yard and count the tree rings on that the fat butt of that tree, you could be that. exact about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we had our tree advisory committee meeting previous to this meeting, and it was brought up that I think there's some rings that you have. Or do you have do you have any 
Do you have any uh, rings from these tree, or just the the big end of it? Just the big end of it. We didn't cut any like little coins of it at all. So they're okay. just sitting there at the yard. And all right. So it was brought up that that this might be a school biology pro uh, project to bring uh, do a little uh, field trip to there and find out how old the trees are, and count the rings. So that's right. <laughs> they can report to us. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Thank you very much. Next item is uh, appointment of a commissioner to serve on the Center Park Planning Ad Hoc Committee. And I think uh, Mr. DiNicola just provided a pretty good description about what that subcommittee is going to be up to. It would be a, sub a subcommittee made up of the uh, Tree Advisory Committee, uh, the Art Committee, and the Recreation Music Parks Commission. And uh, and staffed by Mr. Di Nicola. So we, we, uh, our former uh, chairperson uh, was the representative to the subcommittee. I, I yeah, it was it was Margie, and uh, obviously she's not here anymore. Uh, though I, I I suspect she'll maintain a, a activity with the with the group. But we'd like to get someone placed on that uh, subcommittee. It's ad hoc. I I would guess that it will begin to activate now very soon and would have a, 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 a time certain duration, although I can't tell you at this time what that might look like. Can I ask what the time commitment would be? Um, I, I spoke with uh, Rad, uh, Rod uh, Scasolosi today, and um, he, he gave me some dates for next week and the following week. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm envisioning um, maybe one more meeting uh, to really review everything that we've done to, up to this point and um, consider all of the ideas that have been uh, uh, put forth and then report to the tree advisory committee um, I'm I really don't think it's going to take much more than that um, it may take a second meeting I'm just not sure um, once the the ideas are kind of solidified and focused um, then the tree advisory committee would present that to this commission for review and consideration. Yes. Maybe jumping my um, uh, committee liaison report, I, I would also like to add to that. Uh, Ron's exactly right. Uh, but what I, I think what the committee had been working um, in uh, community outreach efforts, and there had been a lot of input. Um, in the very beginning and now that we know the tree is out um, and the definition of what's possible and wh what the limitations are are now known um, I think what what the tree advisory committee was looking for were um, several definitions of the areas that we wanted to go in and some of those came up today there were um, fencing that was brought up um, Fencing ideas were brought up. Uh, uh, use use at the River Heritage Center for the loft railing. Right, railing at the at the River Center. Um, work on the Balshaw Bridge. Someone had mentioned using those as uh, repair work on the Balshaw Bridge, and then another idea was maybe having an iron fence put together by the Petaluma High School. Um, um, metal shop. Metal shop. Thank you very much. Uh, with some of that wood integrated in it. So, so or you know, uh, the people from the art center may be thinking of something more like a, um, 
you know, an art feature like Ron, Rod, Ron mentioned in his presentation with the big pieces of, of wood there. Um, so that's the kind of thing that this committee is going to try and settle on four or three or four of those things and, and give, you know, give that kind of a, a insight, say whether or not they think there should be an RFP put out, you know, asking for artists or whatever uh, to, to submit something. And then, then we move forward and the tree committee and the park and rec and, and the public art commission committee will all work together moving this forward. It's kind of exciting. It's a, you know, it's an exciting thing because it'll be the center of our town. Do we have uh, someone interested? Th that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just I was concerned about the time commitment because some of my other liaisons take a bit more time than I had ever imagined. So, but I can handle a few meetings and I would be interested. Great, great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you for doing that. Great. Uh, next item in old business is demonstration review of department website. We, we added this to the agenda tonight based on some comments I think at our, at our last meeting. What we wanted to do was, was take as much or as little time to walk through some of the components of the website, discuss the uh, availability, uh, availability of electronic registration, um, and our resident website expert will, will uh, make this presentation and, and, and do that demonstration. When enough is enough, don't hesitate to say so. Or if there are other <laughs> things you want to see, don't, don't hesitate to ask. And, and you've all likely bounced around this a bit. So, so we're, we're going to do it just a little more. And changing and updating things. So once you bounce over to Parks and Recreation, like I said, I imagine you've all been to the city site. Um, there's a couple different ways of navigating through things depending on what people's preferences are, either across the top or across the bottom. Um, our largest page and probably and easily our most frequently visited page is our brochures page. This is where all of our documents live. So we send people to this on a daily basis. Um, Flyers for upcoming events. Right now, the craft fair is the top item on here. Um, they can get the flyer. They can get the vendor application. Our current activity guide is always posted on here. Um, for summer camps, all of our parent brochures, we actually leave them up year-round. Believe it or not, they get a lot of hits year-round, even though we're not in season, because people are looking at what might, what might be available, and they like to look back at the previous year to see what we do. Um, Leader and training application, our preschool parent books, our preschool emergency forms. Um, during the summer months, we post our newsletters up here on a weekly basis to parents so that they can go and grab those. Um, aquatics, we have the schedules for the various pools. Um, all of our rental booklets, whether you're renting a building, a park, a field, and then if you're interested in teaching um, through us, all the necessary forms for that. And again, we have a year out at a time is generally up here where people can go and grab all that information. The next section over gets into more specifically into all of our buildings and all of our parks. Um, so to go through the parks one first, many of these links jump you back over to that brochures page. 
Um, so we've done that so that we don't end up with four different versions of a guide somewhere on the website. That way all the documents live on one page and these links take you back to that page. Um, so your park booklet, field use permit, field use is different than a park booklet. Um, dog run areas, this is just a little grid, little brochure that shows you what those look like. And then the city parks grid, which I think we handed it out, it goes on the back of our activity guide. It's a PDF that you can kind of look at everything as a one shot and see little dots for what amenities various parks have. We have some general guidelines up here. Um, some information about our park rentals and you can go through as you see all of our parks are listed. Um, these are broken out. These are the ones that we predominantly rent to people. So there's a bit more information. Um, if you go into one of these parks, there's some photos. Um, a short description, it's going to give you the acreage, whether or not they're rentable, um, and then sort of a really quick bulleted list of what the amenities are at that park and whether or not those amenities are rentable, um, or if it's a picnic area that has barbecue pits at it or just picnic tables. Um, that information is all in here. And again, you can go through every, every single park we have. Um, they're all up there. So those are our parks pages. And then you can also go through building by building. So community center, I'm saying think these maps all immediately link you over to a Google map so that you can map quest it. I should have actually added that on the parks page. Over the last two years, we've actually added addresses for all of our parks. Um, now with uh, smartphones and GPSs, saying that a park is at the corner of F and G doesn't always work so well. Um, so over the last couple of years, I've worked with Trey in the GIS area, and we've just sort of chosen addresses for parks so that people can enter that address into a map quest and get to the park. Um, so back to the community center. Again, all the rent various rental forms that you might need jumps you back over to that other page. We have all of our room diagrams up here where folks can download those. And then there's a little slideshow that goes through our rentals. It is very common that we get rentals from people who do not live in Petaluma, um, who live all over California, all over the nation. Um, we'll have stuff like Hunter Douglas comes in and does a big trade show. It's local representatives, but it gets booked by their corporate offices. So it's really useful for them to be able to jump on our website. When we're talking about rooms on the phone, we can say, well, you know, it's the meeting room and it looks like that. And they can actually get an idea in their mind of what those rooms look like. Um, this is an area that we're working on right now. I'm actually taking photos of various setups in these rooms so somebody can see what a room looks like when it's set up for 300 people or 200 people or um, various things. And it goes through the same, same basically format and page for each of our buildings. So Senior Center, they have a lot of links specific to seniors. Um, he also has all of his newsletters up here. He keeps a year's worth of newsletters that people can always access online. Um, oops. Kavanaugh Rec Center, I think it's just an exterior building. Actually, and it's an old exterior because there's still grass. Um, the pools also are on here. The pool pages, we keep extremely simple and really push people to those current schedules. The schedules change frequently, um, and we found that we've been more successful keeping the information on here simple and accurate as opposed to sort of delayed. Um, and Marina still has a link. Marina is managed through Public Works and Utilities Department now, but we still have a link to the Marina from our um, website. Um, you, there's also a link off of the Public Works page, so you can get to these same pages off of either. All the information that boaters need for the Turning Basin. 
Um, and then another piece to our website that we maintain is Petaluma Waterways. Um, this came out of some work that Scott did with the National Recreation Rivers and, Trails. Rivers and Trails Program, and they've been here a number of times to present the, the whole waterways concept and plan. And so their documents and information needed a place to live on the web, and so we also manage that for them um, with Susan Starbird. Lots and lots and lots of information in here, um, really slick breakdowns on all the various areas of the river. Um, she really kind of keeps an eye on what's on those pages and just feeds me the information to update to the website. Um, and then the swim center, the last building. We also have committees that links to the pages that the city clerk maintains on each of the committees that fall under our department. Um, you folks, as well as the youth commission and the trade advisory committee. Recreation programs is, is really very basic information, but just each of the program areas that we have. Um, so adult sports, classes, fitness, aquatics, camps, seniors. So really, really brief information. Um, like I said, our, our heaviest used pages are by sure far that brochures page and then our two rental pages. Um, the other piece, and I just found out tonight that the links, oh, now it's working. It didn't work earlier. Um, Scott was talking about registration online. On every one of our parks and recreation pages at the upper right hand corner, this register online button lives and that sends people over to our registration site, which is managed by a, a separate company. Um, it has a very convoluted URL, so we've created a URL with the city that's cityofpetaluma.net slash register um, that makes it very easy to people, tell people how to get to that site. Um, this site just pushed out this new user interface about two weeks ago, um, so it's not completely personalized to us yet. Um, they sort of took our stock information that was in it before and dumped it in it, so the pictures are not ours at this time or anything else. We'll be doing that over the next month or so. But it allows people to register pretty straightforward when it gets there. Someday. There we go. So it lists all the classes that we have and lets people register. It tells you where the classes are located. Um, if you get into a class, gives you all sorts of details about the class. Um, and these obviously look different from class to class. There's a lot of new tools in this new version that actually lets people share it with Facebook and invite friends on Facebook and all sorts of new um, technology in this new interface that they have. Like I said, they, they loaded it about two weeks ago, so we have not even completely explored it on our side. Um, and people just move through this and add it, to, add it to their cart and are able to pay for it. Um, I just ran some quick statistics earlier today on the online. Our registration is actually up to um, our regular core classes are about 55% online registration. Our summer camps are about 53% on re online registration. Um, our payment plans, so when people register for camps or for like our preschool programs, they have to make ongoing payments. Those ongoing payments are being made about 65% are being made online, um, which is a great, great thing and a great help. Um, so we still, we take walk-in registration, we take mail-in registration. Um, folks call us, they say, I don't want to deal with your website, can I do it over the phone? So we'll take call-in registration over the phone. And like I said, a good percentage of our citizens are using the online registration. Um, so and it's, it's live, it's up to date. 
On the back side, our teachers are able to go in here and see their class rosters. They can email their class participants. Um, they can do things like track attendance and, and all sorts of other tools that, that it allows them to have. Um, so those are two websites that we go back and forth with. Are there any questions? I have a question. Okay. Um, if, if someone's registering online mm -hmm. and um, the class is full, would that kick them out? or It will add them to a waiting list. Um, I don't know what in here is actually full to take a look at, but it would have, just like this one tells you it's closed, it would have a message that says it's full, but it will add you to that waiting list. Um, and the waiting lists are, because this is online, everything is very up to the minute. So if I go and refund somebody out of a class and take them out of it, that person who is waitlisted is immediately contacted through email to say, an opening is now available, would you like to register? Oh, that's great. Um, so it, it manages itself in that regard. Or sometimes they'll call us. A lot of times, if you're waitlisted, folks will call us to see if we can do an override, which is on a case-by-case -case and instructor-by-instructor instructor basis. So, any other questions? Thank you very much. Okay, uh, next item is uh, commissioner's comments and commissioner's reports. And uh, let's start with Commissioner Alden. I've been to all my parks. Didn't get to them last month. I did get to them this month. Uh, I will be submitting some comments to Ron. But in general, I mean, they're pretty much what I expected. It looks like a city that is short on cash for capital improvements, but is doing the best they can with the dollars that are available. That, I assume that would be a fair statement. Okay. Um, now I forget, Mr. Mr. Chairman. Is this also when we talk about liaison, or just just strictly park reports? You know, they've been combined. Just let me let me comment on that oh, because we please. well we we did such a, a great everybody did such a great job of learning the agenda and 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 figuring out that there's a separate place for this and a separate place for that. We're consolidating all of our agendas across all of our boards and commissions, and so we've combined now after we've trained everybody up. We've combined that piece of the report. So yes, this is the place where you would do all of your reporting. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm the liaison to the uh, Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. Uh, the one thing that came up in the last feedback meeting that was pertinent to this committee, I brought to them the, con the proposed improvements to Walnut Park. They were very enthusiastic about the possibility of maybe additional bike parking, uh, just some, some, some possible symbiosis between Walnut Park and some of the things they're trying to go on. Uh, just preliminary conversation. I've already coordinated with um, Mr. Broden, and Mr. Dinicola on this one, but hopefully it's the beginning of a good cooperation. That's it. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shore. Yes, I uh, did my museum commission um, liaison. They were tremendously excited about the opportunity to be able to use some of the cases in the Lucchese building for events. They were just thrilled, absolutely thrilled. So that was really good. They have a show that's up now that's closing November 3rd. Um, attendance has been a bit slow, so if you know of anybody who is kind of interested, maybe interested, they should hustle down there because they'd love to see them. Um, I went to all my parks. My parks looked uh, much improved, I thought. The drinking fountain is working at Manion, and they did some weed whacking. It, it looked great. 
And um, I was over at McNear, and I can comment that those fields are extremely dusty. The dust is very thick. And on all the pitching mounds, uh, the erosion is so bad that it, it actually could cause an accident. So um, the park itself looks great, but there's some surface issues there. Thank you. Councilman Barrett? Well, I've sort of given my, um, my report regarding the um, tree committee, um, and there's not much else to report about that. <coughs> but, um, you know, I did want to take this opportunity to respond to the public comment, and that I, I do think that that is a serious issue that you've brought up, and, and I'm glad that you've noticed it when you've been there. Um, and I do hope that staff will address that. But you know, part of the problem with people who won't, aren't doing what they're supposed to do is that it's very difficult unless there's someone there to stop them you know, when they're doing something wrong. So this is gonna be a, an issue that uh, is gonna maybe take a little staff time. So I'm sure staff will talk about it. But thank you for bringing it to our attention. And I'm hoping it will be resolved. Thank you. Commissioner Leventhal. Uh, let's see. I went to four out of my five parks, and they all looked great. It was really nice. The weather has been so beautiful, and they've been getting a lot of usage, and uh, so it was really fun to see them uh, used. I also um, did the uh, Petaluma River Cleanup Day along with Commissioner Barrett, and that was actually a lot of fun, too. Well, I felt like with my vest and uh, litter pickers, I looked like one of those DUI people on the Caltrans side of the road. <laughs> but uh, it was good, and uh, so it was, really all, it was really a great event, so I enjoyed that, too. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner McDonald? This is the best time of year to see parks, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I didn't uh, liaison with arts this month, missed that one, but uh, um, so that's, that's the report there, short and sweet. Thank you. The staff comments? Ron Dinicola? Uh, uh, park staff was very busy uh, this month just repairing, there seemed to be a lot of mainline water breaks in several of the parks, so they were very busy just taking care of water issues. We've been on top of that just like a hawk because of the water conservation needs in town. So um, staff's been very, um, very busy just making sure things are, are efficient and there's no wastage. Um, they uh, staff also spent uh, some added time at Luke Casey Park to prepare for the traveling Vietnam Veterans War Memorial Wall, uh, which was there over the weekend. They came in on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I think they left the Monday morning pretty early. I had a chance to see it just as it was going up, and it was just uh, an astounding thing. Um, I was told that there were no hard numbers, but several thousand people came over the weekend to um, to um, witness that and, and take part of that that event. So that went off very very well, and um, again it was just beautiful weather. So it was like kind of the perfect thing. So pretty much that's my report. Thank you very much. Yes, question, if I may. Uh, well. Uh, Two, two parts. One, uh, I think the uh, Vietnam Wall was a real nice thing to have in our parks. Um, I coach a high school girls team and we're at Lucchese. There's no room to warm up at Lucchese. We have them warm themselves up. They ran from the field to the memorial, took a little tour and ran on back and all these 16, 17 year olds were 
talking about it, and I'm sure they tell their friends, and they tell their friends. So that, it was a nice thing to have in, in town. Um, second, on a question sort of thing, are you noticing anything different with recycled water on the park grass? Is it it's going good? It seems to be doing very well. Um, we don't see any difference in the way the grass looks or, you know. Um, but no, no extra nutrients? No uh, extra chlorine? No monster grass is growing at this time. As a result of that project, did you, did you change irrigation controllers to for more irrigation, less irrigation? Oh, actually, um, we, we pretty much kept it to um, the standards that we were using. We, we kind of, um, I call it riding the clocks. So if the weather is really, really hot, you just kind of, especially in the sports fields and it's adobe, you just have to keep it just at the right amount of, of uh, water level so that the, the ground doesn't crack and then it's also not slippery and muddy. Um, but we really haven't changed our, our programming other than um, just keeping an eye on, on efficiencies, heads that need replacing, looking for leaks, things of that nature, and, and even coverage so that you know, even like the slightest nozzle change can, can really make a difference so there's no donuts or dry spots or anything. But not, not really any change in our programming. Um, it's certainly going to help our, our budget in terms of, of savings in, in water costs for our parks. So we're looking forward to more. Thank you very much. Director's report. I would I I commented on the agenda already, but I, I just want to sort of say it again. You have a new agenda f format tonight. Um, it, it's not earth-shattering changes, but what you will see, uh, particularly if you serve on multiple committees or commissions, is a standardization of agendas across the board. And and while we were sort of striving for that before, I think you'll see that that this will be sort of a strict standardization. That resulted in some changes. Um, one of them was the uh, addition of the ad agenda changes and deletions um, item, which, which will then allow us to group items, to, to um, get public issues up first so that we don't keep um, you know, people here late unnecessarily. So we still have that flexibility. It did combine your reports. I'm sorry I didn't give you a heads up on that, but you clearly picked up on that. So there are subtle changes. Um, nonetheless, I wanted to explain why uh, you were seeing those. Um, I would ask you to check your calendars. We're coming into to a holiday season here. Uh, right now, we're scheduled to meet in November and December. We oftentimes combine those meetings. I'm not intending to recommend that at this point, but if you could check your calendars, give, give Donnie or I a heads up on anything that looks like it could be problematic, and then we'll begin to make adjustments and schedule if we need to. If everybody looks like they're clear, we should plan on our routine schedule um, in, 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 unless we have other opportunities. Did you mention that we, you, you had mentioned earlier we might be meeting a half an hour earlier next I, meeting? I, I would like to suggest that, and, and, and so let me know about that too if that poses a, a problem for you, but, but let's plan on that, and, and, and it's probably just as easy to meet right at the building over there, um, get, a, get a, a good look and, and tour of it, and then come back here for the, for the meeting. So let's plan on that uh, for November. That would be a 6.30 then start. We'll do a special meeting announcement, and we'll meet at the Kavanaugh, and obviously we'll remind you of that. So, um, And then finally, um, I, I also wanted to comment on, on the public comments. Um, it's, it's not an agenda item. We can certainly comment, however. And, and I want to let the commission know, and, and the folks that are here know, that I'll be asking Mr. DiNicola and Mr. Phoenix to get together to review the site. While you certainly are at, um, uh, you, you want users to do the right thing, 
we do have the power of permit we have the power of conditioning permit and and it's not as if we're helpless to enact you know proper use of sites so we need to review what's happening make sure that we understand what's happening uh, we need to make some determinations on what's appropriate, what isn't. Clearly, we don't want to dust out the uh, the neighborhood. It's not good for the field. It's not good for the neighborhood. I would remind you that it's uh, um, we're in a unique position here in that most of our our um, self-sustaining youth rec groups do their own field prep. Um, we don't have the equipment to do it. We're not staffed to do it. Uh, and while I find that somewhat troubling, that is what it is. Um, and so, and, and so, bless the hearts of these groups because they absolutely do. For the for the the vast majority of, of preps, they do they do great work, and we couldn't do it, um, you know, without that help. And they couldn't do it without doing it for themselves. So, so we're not going to overcome folks doing their own preparation, but we certainly can manage that. We certainly can condition that. We certainly do have the power of permit. We will get on it, look into it follow up with the groups and we'll follow up with the folks too and and we'll make sure we get a note uh, in your next packet so that you know what we did with that as well thank you um, is there a motion to adjourn is there a second okay meeting is adjourned thank you good meeting thank you good meeting is adjourned